The Beaver Dam Common Council this week awarded a contract for improvements to the Dodge County Historical Society building. City Administrator Nathan Teal. It's an application where we're just tearing off and we're replacing. This roof does cost a little bit more because there's asbestos and that abatement needs to take place. Dirty Ducks and Environmental of Madison will be paid $63,500 for asbestos removal, while Wind Liquors Roofing and Exteriors of Economy Walk was the low bidder for roof replacement at $60,300. The total project cost is over $11,000 higher than what was outlined in the capital improvements plan, with the shortfall covered by CIP fund balance. Council President Mike Wassell applauded the hard work of city workers prior to the unanimous vote. And I want to thank John Newman and his department at Parks for his patience trying to get this operation taken care of because of shortage of materials and costs and what have you and shortage of contractors. This has taken uh, several years to get taken care of, so we're thankful for that, John. The Dodge County Historical Society is in the the turn-of-the-century city-owned building on Park Avenue and Spring Street, which carries the name of the Williams Free Library because it was Beaver Dam's first library. Beaver Dam's current library is also in need of roof repairs, but at a much higher estimated cost of $1.2 million. The Beaver Dam School Board recently approved the district's five-year facility plan. The plan includes elementary school playground upgrades, school transitions, and a renovation of Washington Elementary School. Beaver Dam Unified School District Superintendent Mark DiStefano. So a comprehensive renovation upgrades to include uh, the three-section delivery model by the fall of 2025. Um, I will state, though, depending on the funding and how those things roll out, um, getting to that comprehensive and getting to some of those other pieces that we'd want to accomplish at Washington might take some additional time. Stefano says it would be okay if it does take additional time for renovations and upgrades to Washington because he wants to make sure the school is ready to inherit the Wilson Elementary students once that school fully transitions to child care in 2025. UW alumni living in South Korea will promote Wisconsin as a good place to invest and do business. Bob Haig has more. Missy Hughes, secretary and CEO of the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, will sign a memorandum of understanding with the Wisconsin Alumni Association in Korea. Under the agreement, those alumni will promote Wisconsin as a destination for South Korean businesses and investors, as well as a good choice for South Korean students. Hughes will also meet with the South Korean leaders of Wisconsin companies and work with the Alumni Association on future possible investment opportunities. Bob Haig, Wisconsin Radio Network. Officials with the Dodge County Sheriff's Office encourage the public to stay on the line if you accidentally call 911. They add that it's much easier for their dispatchers to confirm that there is no emergency and to get all the needed information right away. The agency is highlighting several settings on an iPhone, emergency SOS feature, and how to set it up to avoid accidental dials. One is call with hold. If you press and hold the side and volume buttons, the emergency slider will appear. Authorities say if you continue to hold them, a countdown 
begins and an alert sounds. Once this countdown ends, the iPhone calls emergency services. The other feature is call with five presses. Rapidly pressing the side button five times starts a countdown and sounds an alarm. Once the countdown ends, the emergency services is dialed. Law enforcement noted that if these emergency SOS features are turned on, it might be beneficial to have the countdown sound on. They add that this will play a warning sound while emergency SOS is counting down. Officials say this noise might help alert you to realize that you're about to accidentally call 911. The Dodge County Clerk's Office reported some hiccups during Tuesday's primary election ballot tallying process. Clerk Karen Gibson says a few municipalities ran low on physical ballots, which required some voters to use the touchscreen voting method to cast their votes. And we've had that also in the past where I have printed ballots in-house for those municipalities. However, my printer decided it wasn't going to work, so they municipalities were asking voters to use that touchscreen, which you can use that. You don't have to get that paper ballot that goes into the electronic machine. You can, anybody at any time can use that touchscreen. So a lot of municipalities were asking voters to use that touchscreen so they didn't run out of that paper ballot. Gibson says once the polls closed, her office received results from local municipalities via a virtual private network. She says the system on their end was not getting those figures. They weren't talking to each other. That's exactly what they referred to was making the handshake. Another way to solve this problem is all the municipalities could have driven their their memory sticks into our office and then we upload the results from the, the stick. But because it was such a small one race election, I didn't want to ask them to do that. Instead, the county clerk's office worked with the sheriff's office to send out a rave alert to let area clerks know that they were not getting the voting numbers. Gibson says the municipal clerks then called her office and they had to input the votes manually. The whole issue Gibson says wound up being a simple human error. State Representative Mark Bourne says the recently unveiled governor's budget will be completely reworked. The Beaverdam Republican says GOP leaders were not left with much of a choice. The governor has crafted this budget again in such a way that it's built on sand. A lot of the budget is is built on welfare expansion and legalizing of drugs and massive tax increases on manufacturers and businesses and really individuals and sales tax increases in certain parts of the state and things like that. Bourne called every one of those items a non-starter, adding that it makes it difficult to work on the document and piece it together when those proposals are removed. As co-chair of the Joint Finance Committee, Bourne says his colleagues will work from base. What that means is we're working from current law, the current budget, which was a bipartisan budget. You know, a year and a half ago, we passed this legislative budget and the governor signed it. It's a very much a bipartisan budget that we're living under right now here in Wisconsin, and that's what we're going to start from, and then we'll take the opportunity from there to build a budget that reflects all of Wisconsin, that lowers taxes to return some money during these inflationary times, but also invests in a whole variety of priorities. Board says the goal is to have the budget ready by July 1st, which is when the new fiscal year starts. He says right now they are on schedule to do so. A part of Governor Evers' proposed budget aims to keep drunk drivers off the roads. Here's Ted Aylin. A proposal in the spending plan will require anyone cited or convicted of drunk driving to have an ignition interlock device installed in their car, even if it's a first offense. The devices won't allow a vehicle to start unless the driver passes a breathalyzer test. 30 states and Washington, D.C. require all offenders to install the device, but Wisconsin doesn't. In the last budget session, 
session, Racine Republican Senator Van Wangard introduced a measure mandating many convicted of OWI to only drive vehicles equipped with the device. Opposition from the Wisconsin Tavern League kept that proposal from passing. Ted Allen, Wisconsin Radio Network. At the Capitol, proposed legislation to help cover costs for women at increased risk for breast cancer. We talk about health care being, or cost of health care being so astronomical. Early detection is the key. The bill from State Senator Rachel Cabral Guevara of Appleton requires health insurance policies to provide additional coverage for the 40% of women with dense breast tissue, where a mammogram alone may not be enough. And finally, a Columbia County handgun range is closing temporarily for safety adjustments. DNR officials say the range at the Mud Lake Wildlife Area will be closed beginning today to address safety concerns for shooters. They add that the closure is to ensure the backstop for the handgun range is working effectively and appropriately. The date for reopening is undetermined. The closure only affects the handgun range as the rifle and shotgun ranges will remain open under its current schedule, which is Thursday through Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and closed every Wednesday. I'm Justin Wilski reporting from the Daily Dodge News Center. Submit your news tips at dailydodge.com.